0: I, mean, I was gonna ask you guys. Do you guys want to do some interpretive dance?
1: No, thank you for asking. You first. I don't. I, pe- people who are listening. Well, it does not matter what dance moves we do. It will not translate well. Gordo, why did you just take your pants off? Gordo, come on.
2: <laughs> now he's cutting Phyllis's head off with a chainsaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 <R-do-do-do-do-do>.
1: R-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to s one E on the show, where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Coach. Coach went nine seasons with 200 episodes on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Kelly and the Professor, originally airing February 28th, 1989. But to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always... All the boys, Gordo, Nick, Berg, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Heyo. Hello. Yo.
3: He's not a geezer, dad.
1: Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. This is... um.
3: <laughs> Yay, football.
1: We're doing coach for a couple reasons. First, because Super Bowl, uh whatever, 5000 is going to be in a few days. And additionally, we got um, a fan request to do it. So, you know, we are trying to be better about hitting some of those as we get them. Uh, some of the upcoming episodes are all things that you guys have hit us up about. So um, go ahead and do that. S1E1Pod on Instagram and Twitter. S1E1Pod.com Where you can find all our socials and everywhere you can listen to us. So get in touch. Talk to us. Um, We're always very receptive to shows you guys want to hear. We want to do shows you guys want to listen to. So uh, be in touch. That being said. I think it's important to mention up front. On our end. A little behind the scenes talk. We had a little bit of a goof. So with Coach. Episode Two is pilot because as we say at the beginning of every episode we do the first televised episode and for whatever reason they switched kelly and the professor which was recorded to be episode two and pilot which was supposed to be episode one and they reversed them so this episode actually came out one day before pilot which came out it was weird this was february 28th 1989 pilot came out march 1st as a result three of us watched pilot and that's largely my fault and largely the fault of the internet
3: and largely the fault of so much time wasted. If anybody out there would like extensive notes on the pilot episode of coach, I'll I'll send you a PDF.
1: What we're going to do is completely ignore that episode and go about our business the way we normally do. And we're going to talk about this episode, forget everything we learned from pilot. But at the end of the episode, the three of us who did watch it, we will talk about it briefly and maybe discuss why they may have flipped these two episodes.
0: Sounds like a plan, Jay.
1: Yeah, so uh, I don't want our time to be completely wasted. Uh, That being said, Coach, guys, did you guys watch a lot of this show growing up?
2: I watched a ton of this show on Nick at Night. No, I hated Coach. So this is like Cheers. Every
0: time it came on, it was like sleep time for baby, baby Gordo.
3: I like the cast, though. Like, I love Craig T. Nelson. Like, I love Stir Crazy. The entire
2: cast is amazing. I mean, Jerry Van Dyke's a fucking stud, like...
3: Yeah, yeah, it's actually a very good cast. I just, maybe it's because I don't like football. It's To me, it was always the theme song. That's what I always remember. Well, it's
1: like a college fight song, yeah.
3: Yeah, that always turned me off because I was just like, I bet I'm not going to like this, you know? So I've seen clips of it. I remember the dauber, obviously, very well. That character was, like, big when we were kids.
1: Well,
0: he was very tall,
1: so. That's true. What happens, too, is, like, this show, it ran throughout most of the 90s, but we're pretty young, and this show isn't totally geared for people as young as we were at that time, so... Other than syndication runs, it's not something we would have totally grown up on, and it doesn't have a lot of longevity post-its run. It's not a show people talk about really much anymore.
2: It's not. Considering how long it went, too, it's strange that you don't hear
3: about it more often. Yeah. And especially how big college football just is in general.
1: Yeah, you would think maybe for that reason alone, it would have a little bit more of a life. But yeah, I don't know if it's because of the network or what, but they just don't, don't put it on anything. You don't see it in pop culture, so...
3: Berg, uh, I know you were watching Oz. Did you get to the point where the dauber was on Oz yet?
4: I finished Oz.
3: Okay, so you saw the, you saw the dauber get yeah. murdered by long fingernails in Oz. Spoiler alert. Spoiler,
1: spoiler. alert. you supposed to say spoiler alert. you to say it burst. beforehand.
3: <laughs> but yes, I saw.
1: Not much to say other than let's just get right into the episode. It starts with the main character of the show, which is coach Hayden Fox, and that's played by Craig T. Nelson. And he plays a head football coach at a school called. Minnesota State University, which is a fictitious school.
0: It was a fictitious school at the time of yes. the recording of this show. But later, after the show's run, the state of Minnesota, there was a college called Mankota. Mancota. So they made the Michigan State University Mankota. Or I'm probably mispronouncing it.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the same name, but yeah, it's it's there.
3: But they're not the Screaming Eagles, I don't think.
0: Right? No, they're the Mavericks, but they also use the same colors
4: as Hayden Fox's Screaming Eagles. Do they have a giant bronze statue of uh,
3: Tom Cruise just giving the thumbs up?
1: That's a Top Gun joke. go to, I know, like, yeah.
3: yeah, I knew you were yeah. going.
0: No, they don't.
3: Well, I'm sure football teams feel the need for speed, right? Is <laughs> it what? Need for speed? Have you ever seen Top Gun? He
1: definitely has not seen Top Gun. I he have seen both Top Gun. Re- you missed I've two s- Top Gun references. That are very <laughs> very
3: obvious. obvious Top Gun references.
0: <laughs> why, why would you be making Top Gun references?
4: Because oh, <laughs> you said they were the Mavericks, and he was Maverick and Top Gun. See, that's how lame that joke was. It doesn't you take you that
1: yell much at explaining. me about
4: making bad jokes. It's
1: not about the quality of the joke. It's whether or not you got it, and you didn't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wait what is it we're like 48 seconds in already ragging on
3: gordo (laughs) well gordo is the dauber of this podcast if
0: we're all good no i'm the dabber of the podcast thank you very much i'm the one that dabs on the haters
2: joe also i've heard you reference him twice now he you know he's not the dauber right He's just Dauber, but I feel like yeah. the Dauber gives it more grunt to us. <laughs> he's calling
4: him the Dauber, which I do like better. Yeah, but when he's calling someone else, it'd be, he'd be the Dauber of this podcast. So it was... Uh, in that
1: case, it works.
4: Yeah, right.
3: Maybe it's because I'm thinking of football, so I'm thinking of the Gipper.
1: <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> we see uh, Coach Fox, and he's in um, like the training facility area for the team, and he's got a player named Fred, and he's, like, he's a pretty big boy. And Coach Fox needs Fred to hop up on the scale because he needs him to hit a certain weight for the upcoming game. He needs him to be at 290 pounds. There's like a nice moment right before he gets on the scale where he takes his hat off. Like, that's going to matter. He's
3: like, every, every time I'm at the doctor, and they're like, time to weigh you. I'm like pulling my keys out, my wallet, kicking my shoes off. I'm trying to make that number as low as possible and it never changes anything.
4: Also, if you remember on Salute Your Shorts when Donkey Lips wanted to uh, weigh in to go um, for the wrestling thing. He had his nutcracker in his pocket, which made him not make weight. Oh, that's right. It was the lobster cracker. Everything
3: matters.
1: Scale ended up being off by two pounds. Scale was off by two pounds.
3: Did anybody recognize this actor, by the
1: way? He's in a bunch of stuff. I I looked him up.
3: So he's in like nine episodes of Coach. So he plays this character through the whole first season, but... Uh, first of all, he's one of like the main crew in Roadhouse, which is one of the greatest movies of all oh, time. Yeah. He's like the heavier set, bouncer guy who gets in the fight with them. But
1: he's in uh, Van Wilder. Wait, is he the guy who gets killed by the bear?
3: No, no, no. That's the guy who plays bulldozer in the funny version of that movie, The Mask. Okay, <laughs> but he's also he is the guy who gets killed by Danny DeVito's penguin at the end of Batman Returns. Yes. He's like the sad clown who's like, I don't know if we should go kill everybody's firstborn children. And oh, he just like ah, and shoots. Oh, he and goes, so isn't that a little? Funny. And
4: he goes, no, it's a lot. And then he yeah. shoots them. I have a question: Is a weigh-ins a thing for football? I've heard about that for like wrestling and fighting. Like there's weight classes. I've never heard that the play. I've seen a, a, a lot of big games.
3: football players before.
1: I don't think it is, unless he needs him in a certain way because he thinks he performs better, and it's like an incentive thing. Like I need you at this weight because.
4: I don't know. They made it seem like it was a deadline if he didn't
3: lose five more pounds later. He
1: gave him a deadline, but I think it was a personal.
3: That was like a coaching deadline, yeah. not like a regulations deadline, I guess.
1: That's how I read it. Because I thought the same thing. I'm like, this isn't, it's not, he's not boxing.
3: Yeah, but could it be that maybe because it's
0: college football, there might be because it's no. education.
4: No, especially unquote. especially not in the 80s. They didn't give a fuck about <laughs> safety then.
1: In any event, he gets on the scale. And as soon as he gets on, he, he sets it at the 290, and it's not, he's not hitting 290. He moves it up to 300. He's not at 300. And then we find out that since last week, he's actually gained weight. Fred says he suspects that he might be retaining water, <laughs> and he tells him how he's never going to be thin. Hayden tells him, I don't want you to be thin. I want you to be quick and agile like a Panther. But you can't be a Panther if you weigh as much as a Pontiac.
3: <laughs> Sign of the times, too. The Pontiac RIP a retired car. Yeah,
4: my first car. End of the times, fat shaming being allowed,
3: also fat shaming, and a coach treating somebody like this. Yeah, (laughs) this is what got Hugh Morris fired.
1: Yeah, we we already talked about him, but the guy who plays him, Fred, is uh Travis McKenna, and he's I think like his acting in this is so good. He's just so um, he plays this very innocently, like his weight, and when he tells him how he thinks he's retaining water and stuff. I just thought he was doing a really good job. I did look it up, and he's been in. I think he did like nine episodes of this show. I don't know if they were up the first nine or if they're spread out, but he does show up again. So at this point, he gets the ultimatum. He has to lose 11 pounds by Saturday, or he's not going to be able to play football at Minnesota State as long as Coach Fox is still there. It's a lot of
3: weight to lose very quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're that big.
3: You could drop 10
2: pounds of water weight at that guy's weight. I guess that's true.
1: Uh, and he's walking out of the office, and right before he stops and turns and asks him a question, he's like, Hey, coach, how long do you plan to be at the school for? <laughs> thought that was for,
0: funny. Yeah. I thought that was funny.
1: He's like, you want to brush those cinnamon crumbs off your shirt, Fred? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's when we get into the intro. Joe, you mentioned it earlier. The intro was like marching band fight songs. It was uh, performed by the Iowa State University Cyclone Football Varsity Marching Band.
3: Go Cyclones. Yeah, it was a,
0: like a contest.
1: It was, and it's like a straight, like, you know, regular fight song type of thing that you would hear at any college. And while they're playing it, it's just kind of like panned shots throughout what I would assume to be coach Hayden Fox's office. And you see all these various trophies and articles and photos.
3: There's a hilarious caricature of him. And I just want a print of the Craig T. Nelson, 1999 <laughs> caricature. I'm sure you can find that. Somebody has to make it.
1: I thought it was like the, the intro was fine, but it was way too long for me. I thought they could have accomplished this in maybe about half the time.
3: I want to say that the pilot it's shorter in, maybe in syndication it was shorter, but this shows way too much stuff. Like at a point they're like, you're a minute and a half in They're Like, uh, what other football stuff can we, Oh, look, here's some fucking cleats. You're like, okay, we get the point. Just show the fucking Heisman trophy, show OJ and move on.
1: Because I think this one did clock in at like a 24 and change minute thing. So it must've got cut down a little bit for television.
0: Yeah. This was a relatively short
1: episode.
3: No, it was longer than most syndicated T V shows. It just seems short because we just did two HBO series in a row that were like forty seven minutes each. <laughs> Touche.
1: But yeah, from uh well, thoughts on the intro from you guys? Anything in particular watching it? I, I didn't think- like
3: it. I don't want to hear marching bands ever.
2: It was um it was a nostalgia hit for me because I remember watching it so much, but uh I guess if I'm looking at it with, you know, virgin eyes, it's kind of (laughs) gross yeah i agree
3: with joe nobody really wants to hear a marching band also it's in like orange sepia tone or something yeah it's
4: got got nothing on the sooner's theme right (laughs) jay's music (laughs) boomer sooner
1: but yeah they just um i I don't know i think they could have did something a little bit more upbeat the even with the song being as is they could have just used the regular clips or something to something to attract more people because it's just like joe said earlier i think it just ages out the you know the audience what I think
0: they should have done is maybe show clips and then show that kind of rolling thing that they did.
1: Well, that could be the background.
0: Yeah, but intersplice clips kind of in the middle. That's kind of your backdrop, but that's not your main focus.
1: Especially like late 80s, early 90s. You could have like yeah. just like um, scenes kind of going from, you know, side to side, panning across. or Exactly.
3: Yeah. Or like the eight, the classic eight by 10 thing where it's like starring Jerry Van Dyke. Boy, yeah. And he goes like flashes over the screen for a minute. I'd rather see Jerry Van Dyke's face than a bunch of old cleats, personally. But although they look kind of the same, a waga waga waga,
1: hey! I'm hey. oh, just kidding,
3: Jerry Van Dyke. You look great.
1: He's not now. He's not. Maybe he's a good-looking skeleton. He uh, he won't hear this, Joe.
3: Oh, I thought he was still alive because I thought him and Dick both were still alive. Dick's like a I did just turned hundred.
1: No, we got an old Dick, no Jerry.
3: Oh, RIP, <laughs> Jerry. He didn't take that teaspoon of sugar. His brother kept telling him about that (laughs) would have helped him stay longer.
1: So we get to the next scene and now we have um, Hayden sitting in his office and that's when his assistant coach Luther played by Jerry Van Dyke walks in and Luther's going on and on about how Fred isn't going to make weight on time and saying things like how Fred is the Hindenburg and how he thinks he may have to cut him from the team. He also says things like his heart's in the right place, but you can never find it. (laughs) And maybe he should get some hippo suction.
3: Hippo section got me. <laughs> Hippo section yeah. was good. Yeah. Now, do you think is Hindenburg officially? Do you think that we're we're aged out of Hindenburg? Like I know we all get that reference, but do you think if you put like a twelve year old kid on a, and you were having them watch a TV show now and they were like, it's just like the Hindenburg? Do you think they'd be like, what the fuck is that?
1: It would depend on the schooling systems, right? Because that's why we know it. We didn't live through the Hinden- Hindenburg, so as long as the history classes are somewhat the same, then kids would get it. I guess
2: that's true. Yeah.
3: Everyone should know it, because otherwise the Oh the Humanity joke never works, and that joke will always be gold.
1: (laughs) Oh the Humanity.
3: It'll be as gold as whatever tone they used on the beginning of the coach theme song.
1: We find out Luther has even gone as far as to move in with them to make sure that he's not eating. (laughs) Fred must be, like, quite the talent, if they're going through all these lengths for this kid, but...
3: Yeah, right? That seems like an unnecessary
1: requirement of the job.
0: Nah, because, like, you're a coach, you're, like, dedicated.
1: College football's pretty serious, so...
4: Yeah, it's not a joke. It's not like a nine to five. You don't get to clock out. True, I've I've seen Friday Night Lights. I know how extreme it is.
3: I've only seen Varsity Blues and a lot of documentaries on Joe Paterno, and those two things crisscrossing just makes it weird for me. You've, se-
4: you've seen uh Remember the Titans?
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great use of Buck Owens in that movie, and then bad use of pointing out of a car instead of looking at the road we were driving.
1: I mean, there's a chance if. <laughs> If Fred is on, like, a full scholarship and he, like, has to get cut from the team for whatever reason, he could be sent home. So, so they're giving him uh, the extra effort.
3: I mean, it's probably good because you don't want to have a drop dead Fred.
1: <laughs> yes. Cobwebs. <God> <laughs> so, so we learn um, he has about three days to go until Saturday. And he's down, he's down six of the 11 pounds. So uh, Luther says he needs to uh, take Fred for a walk. He's currently sitting in his car with the heat on and the window is rolled up. So wait, A makeshift sauna, I guess.
3: If it's illegal to do that to a dog, it's probably illegal to do that to like a nineteen-year-old wide receiver, right?
1: Yeah, but the nineteen-year-old can open the door. A oh, dog yeah, can't. So,
3: yeah. He said he cracked the window. It's fine. And there's no way this guy's a wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know. I picked the football position. I didn't. Know. Running back seemed hard. I didn't think this guy was a runner, but I don't know much about it.
1: What's he? Uh, what's he? The team's nickelback.
3: <laughs> That's Canadian football league. That's different. That's yeah. CFL.
1: So as Luther's walking out. That's when Hayden's daughter, Kelly's walking in and Kelly asks her dad if it's okay if they push their dinner plans from Thursday to Friday. And he's like, yeah, of course, that's not a problem. He's like, what do you have going on for Thursday? Turns out she has a date. And like, as expected, him being the father, he has some follow-up questions. He wants to know more about the boy that she's going out with. He says like, you know, it's the first date that I've had to deal with. I wasn't around like while you were in high school. Again, we'll talk later, but you know, we'll hear more about this coming up. But we do know now that they haven't been in each other's lives at all times. We know that there was a gap where he wasn't around. It, it turns out that the person that she's going on a date with isn't a, a boy per se, but a man. And it's not a fellow classmate. It's one of the professors. And when he finds out it's a fellow like faculty member, his face completely drops.
3: He does some great grunt acting here. Everybody just goes, oh, <laughs> <It's like laughs> the only real genuine laugh I got in this episode. What bugged me about this was her surprise that he
4: would be even remotely upset about it.
1: Yeah, I figured we would talk about that.
4: Bitch, you're 18. She also says they're the same age. Like The guy she's going to see is close to the dad's age. Right. Where we find out later he's 44. That's absurd. You know what it is? He wasn't around while she was growing up, gave her some daddy issues, and now she's trying to get a daddy. You know what I mean?
3: Well, there you go. That's the only way it makes sense. Because coming from this from a different angle, right? I mean, obviously, there's all the porn stuff, right? Where it's like, I'm finally 18, it's my birthday. That's like a whole angle, right? But like, imagine going on date with an, a date with an 18-year-old girl. And imagine trying to have a conversation with that person. There, you have nothing in common. And we're 36, 37. So add almost 10 years to that. I have no idea what I would talk to an 18-year-old about.
1: It's one of those, the fact that she doesn't even remotely understand why he's weird about it, that's the thing. Like, I think he's acting very appropriate in the situation.
2: Yeah, but the problem is he doesn't have a leg to stand on because he hasn't been around her whole life, so, like, he doesn't have the right to really get that mad about it. So he's, like, stuck between wanting to be mad, but not wanting to be mad, but not really understanding that he's totally justified in being mad that a 44-year-old is dating his 18-year-old. You go yeah. kill that guy, is yeah. it? Yeah. He
4: he's a professor at the school. Like yeah, it's one of his coworkers.
2: Yeah, yeah. go grab the dob and beat the crap out of this guy.
0: I I was gonna ask. I know, like eighteen was considered more of an adult, I guess, back in eighty nine than it is in now in today's terms. Like, could that be?
3: It's still a huge gap. Yeah, I mean, we're perpetual children now, but. I like the opposite of this, though. Like, everybody goes home to their parents, right? Like, go to every one of you, go to your mom's and be like, I want you to meet my new girlfriend. She's your age. As we get older, that becomes such a different, interesting conversation. You're like, Oh, I'm dating a girl. She's 60. Be like, Wait, what the fuck is happening right now?
2: Now, roll reverse it. Go home to your mom with an 18 year old girlfriend and see what happens.
3: I would imagine they'd be <laughs> a lot more bummed out than if I came home with a 60 yeah, year old girlfriend. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. At least a 6 year old I could talk about Kaldor with or something. <laughs> six-year-old? <laughs> Sixty. <laughs> 60. If you know a six-year-old who knows about Kaldor, they've had a very interesting childhood.
4: You talk about the golden girls were there.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. Joe wants to date a 6 year old because then she's only 20 years away from being 80.
3: Look, a lot of common <laughs> interests. I can talk about stuff. We go to bed around the same time. <laughs> I feel like it's really good.
1: So when he's trying to ask her about how old this guy is, he's telling her, like, I need to make sure that he's not, like, you know, too old to take you out to a nice dinner because he's retired and on a fixed income and then she's like he's not some geezer that's when we find out they're about the same age joe you mentioned the geezer thing at the top of the episode i feel like that's such a, a lost term
3: yeah geezer's a, a no longer used again like the hindenburg All right, we should make like a checklist as we go along for like a wiki for our podcast i
4: feel like that's one that could come back
3: i like geezer because it's not offensive boomer yeah.
4: has replaced it
3: no, cuz boomer is very specific. Geezer means anybody who's old. Boomer is an actual specific generational time specific period. Boomer is a specific generation, the yeah. baby boomers. Yeah. No,
0: I get that, but the way it's used now is for kind of anybody older. It's kind of taken on the geezer. Well, it's used wrong, so they're stupid. Yeah,
1: well, in this no, Gordon's right though like that in this current era like that is the term being used where like it's in replace of geezer now cuz it it fits.
2: I also don't hear the term boomer used a lot like you know what it is, Gordo? It's your memes. That's all it is. That's the only reason you see Boomer anywhere.
1: It is used more on the internet than it is Yeah, in I was gonna practice. say,
4: I see it more written on it's used. It's like, that's the best way to argue with someone, would you just reply with, okay, Boomer.
3: Oh, people lose their fucking minds, yeah. It's almost like, it's like the Karen of this past few years.
4: Yeah.
1: During the conversation, he's trying to get the name of the guy that she's going out with, but as expected, she's not gonna dispense that information. He's like, I don't even know if this thing is like legal in the state. He's like, well, maybe not like, you know, officially like with rules, but it's certainly in the college. Like there's no way that it's permitted. And I thought maybe there would be rules in the college, right? You always hear stories about professors with students because I mean, by the time you're in college, the girls are legally of age, but you would think there'd be like standards and practice kind of rules within the college to not allow this type of thing. But it, it, you hear about it a lot.
3: I think that's the beauty of tenure. But like, you really can't be fired for like anything crazy. Like, obviously we did like a crime, right? If there was sort of sexual crime or something that'd be different. But like, if you're a tenured professor, I think you could date a student and just be like, suck it. I have tenure. You have to think of something way. I think if you're like a first year professor and you do it, you could probably get kicked out, right? But I think if it's, it's established
1: those- in the rules, that's different than like them just not you know, liking it and frowning upon it. If, if you're told upon hiring, we don't permit this. then that's different.
4: Well, I would assume as yeah. long as it's not your student, there's no code of ethics breach because you can't play favorites.
0: That's true. There is now. I don't
4: know if it would be in the. Now, do you know that for a fact that you're talking out of your ass? Uh, title nine. Okay. I'm just, I'm literally Which asking. Is, it's like you a make sexual.
0: So title nine is like a sexual uh, harassment. Um, you have to be kind of a safe haven type thing as far as colleges are concerned if you get federal money.
4: Now, even if it's not your student, though? Correct. You yeah, okay. so a student
0: can approach any faculty or any staff and they have to handle it in a certain manner. That's kind of what that means. So, I, I assume that that stretches to you probably shouldn't be banging your students.
3: What if it's a baby safe haven? Baby <laughs> safe haven? <laughs> <laughs> that... That's
2: not what Title IX is. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. Title IX is just that there's no discrimination based on your sex.
3: Gordo oh, fuck. is wrong. <laughs> Gordo <laughs> is wrong.
4: And that's why I asked. And also this uh, session nine when uh, you get possessed by a ghost at the damn uh, mental
3: institution. Do it, Do Gordon. It, Gordon. <laughs> Gordon, flowers
1: for me? <laughs> Gordo was doing some homework because he was flirting with a lot of his professors in the last semester so he can get back grades. <laughs> Wait, I could have been doing this the
2: whole time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Listen, the old man who taught me statistics is not not
2: taking my, my uh, advances. Didn't work. You didn't show him a little leg? It was a throwback. You didn't try to buy him a bunch of beef? <laughs> <laughs> beef? I <laughs> look, Gordo
1: didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, was that WKRP? Oh, I think it was
0: KRP. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, not when you just come out with
3: beep.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, just think of a hundred. Whenever we make any reference, just think it has to be one of ninety-seven TV shows only.
1: He starts asking his daughter. If, uh, this is a pattern with her. And he asks, when you were in high school, did you date the principal?
3: Pretty sure that would have been. Illegal. I know that would be illegal. That would certainly be <laughs> illegal. Although I was 18 for most of my senior year, so I could have dated the principal if I wanted to. <laughs> Joe mm,
2: you assistant. would have had a better chance with the vice principal.
1: <laughs> 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 we'll leave that there. <laughs> it's inside baseball. Kelly tells him that she's grown and he needs to be able to trust her and ask that he doesn't obsess over this all week. And he agrees, but you could kind of tell that he doesn't agree in the way he's responding. And as she's leaving, he tells her, well, I have a good time with. Um, hey, what did you say his name was? <laughs> and she's like, uh, nice try, Dad." <laughs> Walks I on. like that. It's a, a
4: valiant effort. Yeah. yeah, you can't claim to be grown and then make bad decisions and say, "Trust me, he's making bad decisions." He has every right. To be fair, I make bad decisions all
0: the time, and I'm pretty grown.
3: Yeah, we're all double this woman's age, and we are in the middle of a recording a bad decision as we speak.
1: <laughs> in the next scene, we have Hayden now home, and he's startled by someone who peeks into the window. And that's Dauber, who we mentioned earlier. He's like, oh, I wanted to make sure that you were here before I knocked, which was very strange logic, because that's what the knocking is for. And at this point, I see him, and I'm like, is he a student? Is he an assistant? Like, he looks a little old to be a player. Yeah. But later, he talks about classes that he took. So For five years.
4: Yeah. I assume he was a player who's now an assistant coach because he didn't make it in the NFL. That would be my assumption, but
3: that's based on nothing at all.
1: Yeah, I kind of get that vibe.
3: He's sort of like, I can't remember his name, but in uh, Save by the Bell, the college years. Oh, the guy who played Ogre. Yeah, the RA guy who was like Bobo Ogre, who was an ex-football player, was like his whole shtick, right? Like, this seems similar Yeah, it was to that. a Raider. That would have been out at the same time Coach was on, still alive.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it was probably like in the middle...
3: Middle of the Coach run?
1: Yeah. Now, Dauber hands Hayden a copy of Kelly's classes. And he said it wasn't easy to get it. He had to go um, ask the girl at the registration out on a date. And Coach is like, Well, I hope you guys have a good time. And Dauber goes, I don't think so. She's really ugly, too.
2: Dauber, <laughs> like- by the way, best known as probably at this point as Patrick from SpongeBob. <laughs> really? Oh, easy?
3: Yeah. The amount of money that dude must have socked away from a syndication package of a big show that did 200 episodes and being Patrick from SpongeBob. That dude is Scrooge McDuck in his house. The
1: voice makes so much sense, but I I guess I just never put it together.
3: And as I mentioned earlier, too, a great quick story arc in Oz playing a very, very different character than (laughs) either of those two characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But good for him. What a long career, right? He's making it work and making tons of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know when things like that'll pop off. Now, imagine if he did his Oz character, but with Patrick Starr's voice.
3: No? Nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess he would be very into whitefish.
1: I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch Oz, so I can't. I can't put that one again. I've never.
0: I've never seen it either. So Oz is great.
1: So you didn't even get your own joke.
0: I saw the first episode, and some guy was getting getting uh, his pipe cleaned, and that's when I, I was like, nope, not
1: for me. What's pipe clean mean? Because I'm, I'm I'm my brain isn't interpreting. That's not.
3: That'd be dirtying a pipe.
1: Yeah,
0: He's having sex.
1: I would have thought mount stuff would be pipe cleaned.
3: Yeah, because the mouth, I think it was being much cleaner than.
1: <laughs> you,
4: you, it was a lot of rape. I mean, that happens too.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there's plenty of that in the show too. It's a show about prison. It's, it's yeah, no, no, no. Dark. I mean, I
0: get it, but it was more when it came, first came out. I saw it when it first came out, and it was I was maybe I was a little too young.
2: It's actually another SpongeBob thing too. Another polar rape is the no the crust <laughs> the guy who plays um, Mr. Krabs is Clancy Brown, who's like this giant dick and everything. He's the the bad.
4: I love Clancy Brown.
2: Yeah, the shithead guard in prison guard in um, Shawshank. Shawshank.
3: Yes. Yeah. He's the uh, he's the main bad guy in um Highlander. A cemetery two. Also Cemetery Two. But he's like the punk bad guy in Highlander. Oh yeah, he's the Kurgan. He's the Kurgan, yeah. Yeah. There can be only one.
4: <laughs> what a great career. But anyway, enough
2: about SpongeBob.
1: Yeah. So uh <laughs> Hayden sits at the desk, and now he's trying to go through all her classes, and he's double-checking to see who all her professors are now. It turns out that out of the four classes she's taking, uh, there's only one that has a male professor. Dabra seemed pretty impressed and surprised that she's taking four classes, like, oh, heavy load. Can I stop you for a sec?
4: <laughs> am I the only one that assumed that it was a female professor when that came out?
3: This is the first of two times where I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a progressive character where she's a lesbian, right?
4: No, but I saw this
2: story coming from a mile away. I knew it was gonna be the I did one,
1: too, yeah. but there is a point later where I thought where they were teasing it could have been a female, but the actual reveal I got I got pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same on me. You could say that professor was gonna give her a heavy load.
1: Where did that come from? <laughs> oh. Also, uh, it was brought up that one of the teachers was a female because uh, the french teacher because dauber had had her for five years straight so like i at that point i was like so is he still a student i was i was a little confused but i guess at this point maybe he's not like a 10 year student maybe he is beyond that at that point but it's not fully described in um they're explaining this episode
3: i mean this could be like a jeremy piven in pcu or polly shore in son-in-law scenario where they're just in school for like 11 years for yeah i thought it could
1: have been one of those we find out that the teacher is John Sterling, who is an unmarried romance novel author, 40 single and published. Just the kind of guy I have no respect for. That's As he said,
3: it's just weird to me getting further along in time. We were like, you're watching a TV show. It's like this guy was born three years after the World War Two ending. Yeah. At this point, he's fucking 40. You're like, Oh, my God. Time is so yeah, crazy. They brought, up,
1: they brought up the year he was born earlier. And yeah, it's, it's, it always flags your brain so different because you forget the show came out in like 89. So obviously you know, the years, especially because like we're
3: like a few years from 40, right? Like we're real close to 40.
1: And I think for like television purposes, it's kind of good to avoid mentioning the years and stuff like that for that particular reason, you know?
3: Yeah. I feel like you can just infer like they could have just said he's the same age as you dad and then never mentioned. Cause then even later on, Craig T. Nelson says his age. At the end of the episode, and it's like I know how old he is, or I can make a pretty smart guess by looking at him.
1: Well, even here, he says he's he says he's forty. Just don't use the year, I guess, and then it doesn't. You know, it, it gives the show a little bit more longevity when you're not saying things like that. Hayden's like very conflicted. He's trying to figure out what the right thing to do is because he doesn't want to break his daughter's trust, but he also feels like he has to protect her. And he tells his "You know what? I need to clear my head and go for a walk."
3: Or protector. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't help myself. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Dauber asked, Hey, uh, is it cool if I stay? And, like, you know, can I sit in your chair? <laughs> like, he's, um, he's obviously going to be like a bit of a comic relief role, but.
3: He's bull from Night Court, is how I kept thinking of him. I've been watching Night Court again recently with the original series, and I feel like he's bull, where he's like, he's actually soft and friendly, I can see that, but yeah. everybody thinks he's kind of big and imposing.
1: Right. So, from here, we get to the next scene because as soon as um, Coach Fox left,
3: just real quick, I wanted to say, I just thought this was interesting because he's like, can I watch your TV? All right. So I just wanted to know what was on TV the night this aired, which was February 28th, I want to say, 1989. Yeah, February 28th,
1: 1989.
3: Yep. So we had a brand new episode of Who's the Boss? Hey, oh, hey. Brand new Wonder Years. Brand new Roseanne. And 1989 Roseanne, Roseanne is like in its peak, man. Those first like three years of Roseanne are so good. But if you didn't want to watch a sitcom that night, it was also the Miss America pageant was on TV on the uh, alternate channel. So I'm assuming Dauber watched Miss America for some reason, but that's just a guess.
1: You think he was like beating off in the coach's chair?
3: He's beating off in the coach's chair to Miss America.
1: Yeah.
4: I think he was watching the one he is and just crying at Kevin kissing Winnie Cooper
3: for the first time. 89. That may have been around that time.
1: Yeah. So now in the next scene, we're in Dr. Sterling's office. And the student's just finishing up with him. And as he's going to leave, he opens the door and discovers that Coach Fox is hanging in the doorway. And the kid's like, he's trying to make light conversation with him. And he asks, hey, are we going to win on Saturday? And the coach replies, are you on the team? And he says, no. He's like, then you're not going to do anything on Saturday. <laughs> and I love that so much. That, <laughs> yeah. that might have been my favorite interaction in the whole
3: episode. I just love how uncomfortable the kid was. And he's like, yeah, okay, later. And it's always been a huge pet peeve of mine, like even with, and I'm not like, I hate sports or anything, like I were being so excited when the Red Sox won in 2004, right? Like it felt like such a big thing, but I can't say like, did you see the Sox? We won last night. Like I hate that weird ownership thing. It always,
1: but everyone does it. That's such a common thing to do. Like
3: I I hate it though,
1: but I did like him getting called out on it that way. I thought that was pretty perfect.
3: This kid too. He's like a real throwaway actor or whatever, but he ended up doing like, 250 episodes of the simpsons as like like he is every time there's bill clinton it's this kid
1: oh weird really (laughs)
3: like a weird long simpsons history he actually took over the character of legs after hank azaria stopped doing it Then i couldn't figure out if he's the one who said i'm seeing double four crusties which is like my favorite (laughs) legs line in the history of that show
1: after he leaves dr sterling is now alone with the coach fox in the office and Hayden's like making some light, small talk and pretending he happened to be in the neighborhood. And Sterling's obviously very confused about this visit. And eventually he asks the coach if there's something that's on his mind. And that's when Hayden mentions that, you know, my daughter's in one of your classes. And when Sterling asks which one, he's like, oh, your freshman English class. And he's like, oh, well, I have 250 people in that class. I'm afraid I don't know who she is.
3: That's a huge class, by the way. 250 yeah. students in one class. That's that's more than our high school class. Right. Yeah, that we graduated with ninety. We may have started with that, but you know, heroin <laughs> kinda of took a lot of that away.
1: But I was a little skeptical because when when he first said that there was like, um he's like there's so many people I don't know who she is without the name being mentioned, I was like, Maybe this is the guy. He feels guilt already. He's already denying knowing who she is, you know what I mean? Because he was so quick to say that.
0: I mean, I guess there is no excuse, but I mean, Fox is a a relatively common enough last name. Maybe you wouldn't put two and two together that it was Hayden's daughter.
2: They have different last names. Yeah, they have different last names. Her last name is Armstrong after her mother, I think, or her mother. Really? Okay, so
0: that's even easier to write off.
2: You don't know this, though.
1: The fact that he said, I don't know her without saying, oh, what's your daughter's name? Like, to me, that was like, Oh, because he's dating her, he feels guilt, and he's trying to deflect.
4: Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. At that moment, he didn't even ask her about the date yet. He just said, my daughter's in your class.
1: Yeah, but if he knew he was dating his daughter, you know what I mean, he'd probably be trying to play stupid.
0: Well, maybe he's thinking, like, something about the grades. You know, like a father would go in and be, you know, that's not unheard of to have parents call professors. Yeah.
1: But I was, I'm playing off the idea that we're going into the situation assuming that this is the person Kelly's on a date with. So I'm thinking that that's why he's deflecting whether or not he knows her so early. But this is when he, Hayden finally comes right out and says, like, hey, you have a date with her on Thursday. He's like, oh, boy, that's your daughter? Oh, so you do remember her? And he's like, I had no idea. He's like, oh, gee, that makes me feel so much better. And then uh, Sterling's like, you "No, know, this is just a big understanding. He's like, what happened was She asked me for some extra help with her studies, and I suggested that we do it over dinner, which now looking back on it would be considered by most people as a date. I do like that he changes
3: because he's kind of being a dildo at the beginning of this scene. He's being like really smarmy, very abrasive to him. Yeah. Yeah, And for no reason. And like Craig D. Nelson is like six foot five and like a beefy dude. Like it's almost just like, don't do this. If this guy hits you, you're going down, man. (laughs) Yeah. But you're also fucking coworkers. So maybe just don't be so rude to your coworker. That
2: would have been a much better scene, though. Like no small talk. He just kicks the door in and beats the piss out of this yeah. fucking <laughs> professor.
1: Change the tone of the show for yeah. sure. And like while this is happening and while he's kind of interrogating him, I, I don't want to say he's chasing him, but he's being the aggressor, so he's moving towards him. So Sterling's constantly like moving away from him. So they they're kind of like circling around the office. And at one point, uh, Hayden picks up like that, like there's a bust. That's on the desk. I don't know. They never said who it was. He thought it was a president. Shakespeare. It was Shakespeare. I didn't catch it uh, well enough to know it was. So he has the Shakespeare Shakespeare, uh, bust in his hand as he's walking around, and you think he's going to try to hit him with it or something. He tells the coach that as a fellow faculty member that he respects him and he would never do something like that if he knew. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to call her and I'm going to call off the date and I'm going to have one of my female assistants help her with work moving forward. And like Hayden's very relieved to hear that, and he's like okay, but the only other thing is don't tell her I had anything to do with this and you can't tell her that we spoke at all.
0: I mean, that kind of makes sense,
3: right? I mean, I appreciate the plot building here, right? Because you obviously know this is going to blow up in his face, right? So you have to have him say it. Like, it's, it's putting very logical steps out there, which is, it feels very sitcommy, which is comforting. I don't expect this show to pull a bunch of plot twists out, you know what I mean?
4: True.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a pretty simple resolve. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking that... The way this seems like it's going to be built is that she's going to find out and then she's going to be mad at her dad for stepping in, but it doesn't quite play out that way as we find out.
3: Maybe the writing team was having a hard time tackling it.
1: Hey. Hey, hey. waka waka. So now in the next scene, we have Hayden who's back in his office and Luther walks in, exciting to inform him that Fred made his wait. And he's telling him all about it and he abruptly cuts himself off to go, how come you're not happy about this? <laughs> because <laughs> Luther has a very like fast way of talking.
2: Um, he's very manic. He plays manic yes. very well.
3: He is so fun in this episode.
1: Yeah, I would say like he has like a delivery and a style that's very much his own. It's kind of tough to describe how he's talking at times.
2: Did you see how they had to fight to get him in this show? Yeah, I did read about that. It was like ABC did not want him for some um, for some reason. They just didn't like him.
1: Why would you not like Jerry Van Dyke? No, it was it wasn't so much ABC. It was What happened was before this, the creator of the show also co-created Newhart. Yeah. And they didn't want him on Newhart. So when this show came through, the creator really wanted to get Jerry Van Dyke involved, but he knew that like Jerry, I guess is historically bad in
2: auditions. Auditions rather.
1: Yeah. So he had to like lie about how long he was away for doing like a comedy thing. So he could like kind of get past it. So they didn't have to bring him in.
0: Now, what was Jerry? V- um, obviously, he's the the brother, I believe, of J- J- Dick Van Dyke.
3: Um, what has he
0: been in before this?
3: He's one of those guys who has like 8 million movie and TV credits. He's also in everything that Dick Van Dyke's ever done. Like, he's a character on the Dick Van Dyke show. He's a character on Mary Tyler Moore show. Like, he pops in to...
2: I want to say he did something with Leslie Nielsen, too. And I can't remember if that's a lie or not. But I feel like I remember him and Leslie Nielsen being in something.
3: He's got a long story arc in Yes Dear, a show that we covered that I really love. He was very funny in that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that.
2: Oh, okay. I just didn't know if he was just like, he, he is my brother. Yeah, no, he wasn't in any like blockbusters or anything like that. He's okay. just kind of always around. Though. Yeah,
3: comedic actor who'd pop up, especially when you're talking about the age of like variety shows and stuff. You can just like have him come in. Gotcha. Fast talk for five minutes, be funny. And then next week it's somebody else, you know,
1: he's not he's not the leading man. That's when Hayden starts to tell Luther about the problem he's having with Kelly. And he goes, wait, problem? He's like, no. And he eventually tells him about the date and how he had to go down to this professor's office. He's like, you talk to him? Like, yeah. Okay, I'll buy that. You, you're talking to me. Why wouldn't you talk to him? <laughs> I'm not doing that any justice, but um, this is kind of an example of how he, he I don't know. He,
2: he just says all of his thoughts out loud pretty
1: yeah, much. Yeah, and he, he repeats, he repeats
3: um, Hayden a lot. He kind of to go to sports metaphor. He kind of reminds me a little bit of a faster talking Daniel Stern in rookie of the year. He's just like not super smart. He's it's got a good that call, position yeah. where he's like an assistant coach.
0: I got who who was the coach in Cheers?
4: Coach, coach. I can see that too. I can see him being <laughs> close to coach. The. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was thinking the exact same thing. He's very similar, coach. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Who's the coach? <laughs>
1: Well, Coach and Cheers is a little bit more like aloof in a space shot.
2: Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, but they have that same, they filled the same role.
2: Yeah, Luther seems more competent at least.
1: He's telling Luther about, you know, I may have intimidated him a little bit, but I didn't hit him or break a statue or anything. Oddly specific. And he's like, you know, that's being a good father, isn't it? He's like, yeah, I mean, if you didn't hit him or break a statue or anything. <laughs> I do think like, you know, talking about him and Jerry Van Dyke, I think has really great comedic timing, but I did hear that I guess they didn't ha- these two actors didn't have a lot of chemistry at first, at least according to Jerry Van Dyke. He said they had to work on it a bit.
2: I imagine he's probably tough to act around, Jerry Van Dyke.
1: Well, he was saying that uh, Craig T. Nelson is like a bit of a loner. So, like, they, they didn't have like a lot of time to like interact. So, I think he probably like, likes to buddy up with someone to have like on screen chemistry. And I think Craig T. Nelson kind of just did Speaking his
2: own thing. of Craig T. Nelson. I can't think of anything else he's in besides this and poltergeist that
4: eighties show i I don't even remember him in that eighties show he was the dad. he was the dad in that eighties show no, he's not no, he's no, not he? no,
2: you're thinking of um
1: the guy from unhappily ever after um God, forgetting the dude name. who
2: was also in dexter
3: oh that's right, yeah,
1: and the last episode first episode of Pete and Pete
3: yeah, oh he's yeah. right he was the other dad uh another Craig nelson he's the I was gonna say the thing is. Craig Kinelson to me, was never a comedic actor, right? Because you think of him in Poltergeist. He's like a serious dad being put upon yeah. in a horror movie. Stir Crazy, he's the villain cop going after Richard Pryor. God, I can't think of his name. Um, Willy Wonka. Uh, it's just trying to be insane. I can't remember his name. Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder, yeah. thank you. And then Action Jackson, which is another great lost 80s action movie. He's like the bad, evil drug dealer guy, too. And that's like right before this. He's always playing these sort of like... So this is out of his comfort zone, you think? Yeah, he's not like a super always comedic guy. He does comedy well. He's funny in this, but I feel like Jerry Van Dyke and him are probably coming from two very different worlds.
0: Reading up on him a little bit, Wikipedia did point out to me that he was a part of the Groundlings for
2: a bit. A lot of people, like, surprisingly were part of the
1: Groundlings. Craig T. Nelson was?
2: Yeah.
3: Interesting. So he's got comedy chops from way back So he
0: did stand up for a while and then he just said, I don't want to do it anymore. He got sick of it and then left. And he was like, a, he like went off and like went, I forget where they said he went, but he went somewhere remote where he was like a janitor and like a carpenter and like a woodsman. And then he came back and then this was kind of offered.
1: Well, that would explain why he's looked at as a loner uh, if he's doing that kind of stuff. Oh, you know what else he's in that's
4: big is he was the voice of Mr. Incredible and in the Incredibles. Oh that's right
3: yeah. Yeah. I would love to see what is what type of stand up he did at that time. It's always interesting when you like find out people like like Michael Keaton doing stand up is always like a thing that blows my mind, right? And he was really good at it. He stopped because he was also just such a good actor. He was getting good acting roles, but if you ever watch like Michael Keaton stand up from like 1981 or whatever, or 1980. It's super funny. Didn't know that was a
0: thing, but now I want to watch it. I'll just stick with Beetlejuice.
3: Look up Michael Keaton reading the Bazooka Joe comic. It's a bit he did Um, that's like a taped bit that's really funny.
1: So now Coach tells him, why don't I feel good about any of this? And he says, moving forward, he's, I'm going to stay out of her business. I'm just going to let her live her life. And as he's exiting his uh his office, he's he's like going up the stairs and kind of ranting out loud. And you can hear him talking about how being a parent is so hard. And why am I supposed to know things about having a girl? I'm a 44-year-old man. It's like I'm starting my life all over again. He's just like, you know, talking to himself as he's drifting away.
3: <laughs> I feel like him saying this in a little bit of a different tone is just Tom Green and Freddie Freddie cut fingered. <laughs> he's like, what about having a girl? I'm a 44 year old man. which <laughs> just like, all I could think of was <laughs> Tom Green.
4: Hey, did you guys notice that it's almost always night on this show? I guess it's the interludes. Even when the even when they're in school, like the it's dark behind the windows and stuff.
2: Those Minnesota winters, man. It's just long, dark days.
3: Yeah. That makes sense, actually. <laughs> Do you think they went to go catch some AWA after this?
1: <laughs> I think the timing might be a little off, but...
3: Uh, 89, AWA was still going. It was bad, but it was still going. Oh,
1: really? It was still going? That Okay. So uh, I think that's a third wrestling reference of this episode. That'll happen. Back at Hayden's house.
3: Hayden's cabin.
1: Yeah, I did want to bring that up, actually. So it's, it's like a, it looks like he lives like on a... Well, he says he has a boat out front at one point later on so uh, is it a lake house but it is it's like it's all wood it's more of a cabin style ho- home
3: i guess there's a lot of lakes in minnesota
0: i was gonna say isn't minnesota like the land of ten thousand lakes yeah according to license plates i've
1: seen yeah there's some great ones around there <laughs> i i will say i i kind of liked it because although not you know as appealing to my eye the kind of house i'd, I'd want to live in personally i just thought it was such a refreshing like set versus other sitcoms you don't see a lot of people live in houses like this
3: yeah i do like that it's different it's like the season where macgyver lives in a houseboat it doesn't really matter that he lives in a houseboat but every time he goes home you're like well this is interesting because you never see this in a tv show
1: we're at his house and this is when kelly shows up for dinner and when she first arrives i don't know why it was like he seemed nervous in a way like i couldn't quite place it it was because he felt
3: guilty about ruining her date
1: yeah, because he was, like, being awkward, and it's just, like, it felt weird for a little bit.
3: Also, for his level of cooking right now, he seems overly aproned. <laughs>
4: also, yeah. how, did, how did they end up having TV dinners thing when they were talking before at the beginning? They said, where do you want to go out for dinner? And they, they were going to decide. It was, it was one of the lines when they were talking about the date. Somehow they ended up at his cabin making TV dinners.
2: Maybe that was her answer. Let's just eat at your place.
4: I fucking love TV dinners, dad. Let's
1: just go to your house.
3: <laughs> Make a big fucking salad. Get a <laughs> loaf of bread that's way too much bread for two people. And then let's have fucking TV Fuck dinners. Fuck
1: off. I can eat, I can eat that roll, that uh, loaf of bread on my own.
3: Look, in a previous lifetime, I could. And maybe I'm just projecting right now because I can't eat that bread. But... Who
1: can eat that much, that much bread? Stupid. <laughs> what, do they have some cheese? its later too? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. So, yeah, so um, while they're talking, he starts to ask her about her dance class and if she learned any new steps. She's like, oh, it's not that kind of dance. I do interpretive dance. Use your whole body to express ideas and emotions and whole themes through a series of movements. He goes, um, want to root beer? Like, he has no idea how to reply to this, the idea of interpretive dance. I, I got to say, all these years later in a much different world, still when you explain that to me, I go, huh?
3: yeah i understand it in principle but i also it's like one of those things too where they're like there's no wrong way of doing it i'm like i don't understand anything that there's no wrong way of doing it i immediately my brain can't wrap itself around that. yeah
4: also fuck you you're paying for your college and you're taking that class
3: <laughs> yeah it's like after cheese appreciation i've got interpretive dance I'm like well let's just throw that money down to be fair she's probably not paying because her father is the coach
1: Sometimes there is something if, you, if you're a faculty member. That's
3: usually a state school thing.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just saying there is a possibility that she can go there for free. It's possible. I, mean, I was going to ask you guys, do you guys want to do some interpretive dance?
1: No. Thank you for asking. You first. The only dance I know how to do is
3: the twist. And by that, I mean the dance you do when you're drunk at a wedding, which is sort of the twist. I know the mashed potato.
1: Can you? I, I, people who are listening. Well it does not matter what dance moves we do. It will not translate well.
4: Wow, Gordo just broke out a spinnerone. That was awesome. Did you all see that? Gordo, why did you just take your pants off? Gordo, come on.
2: <laughs> now he's cutting Phyllis's head off with a chainsaw.
1: Gordo, that's um that's a top gun joke.
0: <laughs> Why do you guys know so much about Top Gun?
4: <laughs> and we're
3: manly men. We're the biggest movies in the history of movies, and it came out when we were kids. Why do no, you not wasn't know? No, it was Titanic
4: was, dude. The sequel that just came out made a billion dollars. Like, and that's like, it was, so did like eighty for Brady.
1: It, it comes out tomorrow. It didn't make any money yet.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gordon, you spoiled it. I don't want to tell you, but we were going to pick you up after work tomorrow. We're all going to see 80 for Brady together.
2: <laughs> you can quiz us on some more constitutional knowledge on the way,
1: <laughs> Anyways, she asks if she can help with dinner, and he tells her, we, we just kind of went over what they're eating anyways, but he says, hey, why don't you work on the salad, and I'll take care of the main course. And that's when he opens up the freezer, and he says, you want a uh, turkey with all the fixins or a uh, Salisbury steak? I was thinking, I don't think I've ever had Salisbury steak. If you
2: went to high school, you've had Salisbury steak.
1: I never. That no, I don't think I've ever eaten it. It's not
4: good. It's not bad.
2: It's not good. Yeah, it's exactly it. It's just a salty fucking gross beef patty covered in gravy, but it's like weirdly tasty. It's kind of like a McRib almost. Wouldn't you categorize McRib as almost like a Salisbury
4: steak? It's more of a gravy though, where McRib is like barbecue sauce.
2: Yeah, but the patty itself is similar.
4: Yeah,
1: it's is it one of those things that's kind of lost in time? Do people still eat that?
2: I think they still make the fr- like you wouldn't make Salisbury steak. Right.
3: This exists only as a frozen product, sort yeah. of. Yeah,
1: that was one of those things that like you just associate it with frozen dinners. What if you go to Salisbury and, like, get a steak? Is
4: it just automatically a Salisbury steak? like,
3: so can I have a ribeye? They're like, I'm sorry, that's not how we do things here. It's either <laughs> this or a big as burger. These are the only two options we have. Do you think in Arizona they only sell big as burgers? <laughs> Jay, you know what I'm talking about, right? You eat food out of the vetting machine all the time. You know the big as burgers?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to talk about the iced tea, though, because... Iced
3: tea. Oh, Arizona. I that's where that's where he was yeah, going like, to
1: Oh, if they go to Arizona, there's big ass, and I thought you're gonna say cans of iced tea. And it's like big and that burgers. would have made more
3: sense than me putting the abbreviation of the state as part of the frozen burger joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like the default um vending machine burger.
3: Yeah. Also, if you'll notice here, it takes nine to eleven minutes to cook these microwave dinners. I Conspiracy? Did. Yeah.
1: No. So she does select the turkey, by the way, <laughs> and, and that's when he pops those in the microwave for nine to eleven minutes. And he mentions that um, they have some time. So, hey, anything special that you want to talk about? She's like, I have a feeling you want to talk about the date. He's like, I mean, if you want to. She's like, Well, there's nothing to talk about. So he's pretty happy until she goes, "It went fine." <laughs> he's like, "Wait, you went on the date with the professor? You You that actually happened?" And she's like, "Yeah, why? What? What's the matter?" like nothing nothing's the matter you had your date with the professor it went great i couldn't be happier for you it's like here part this and stick it in the oven will you <laughs> is a giant loaf of bread that now looks like a bowling pin because he held it so tight at one point when he's finding out about this date oh that's why it looked like that i just like i, was, <laughs> I, I noticed the sh- I was like why is it sh- like skinny at the top <laughs> i thought it was a bag like a brown bag no he was holding the bread so tight that it squeezed it so like there was a yeah yeah i missed that so it's misshapen
4: now it's a funny joke
1: (laughs) 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 so because of that she's figuring out that he's upset and you know he's denying it saying no i'm bursting with pride but then he he looks outside and goes oh will you look at that i forgot to tie my boat up you know i need to run outside for a second
2: how close to the school does this guy live
1: uh, yeah, so you figure as he probably lives like on campus, but if he has like a weird lake house, it's they don't have one of those for every teacher. So
4: like Right. I wish there was a scene of him just sprinting through the woods to school <laughs> with his <laughs> apron on, just <with laughs> hauling ass through the trees. That
2: would, be uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way better. All right, so we've already rewritten part of this episode. First, and he it. beats the shit out of the professor, <laughs> and then he runs through the woods to go beat the shit out of the professor again.
1: Again, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because, like, Nick, what you were saying is, he's like, oh, I gotta go just tie the boat up, I'll be right back, and then flash to the next scene where he's walking back into Mr., uh, Dr. Sterling's office. So, at this point, are you guys, like, picking up on, like, where the storyline's going at all?
2: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah,
3: I, I figured that out oh, pretty early, but yeah. early on, yeah. This is where I was deceived again, though, where I was like, or she's maybe gay. And that's like, that's what I that's where I thought it was going. I really didn't think
2: they were going to go that route. Not that people weren't doing it around now, but I just this just wasn't the show for it. I didn't see that being the way. Yeah, my
1: brain went early way before any of this happened, before he even visited the teacher the first time. I knew what was going to happen in this one. Hayden immediately starts to interrogate uh, Sterling, saying, you know, I thought we had an agreement here. And Sterling tells him, we did. I called it off. He's like, then why did my daughter say that you went out? And he's like, I don't know. You have to ask her. (laughs) And Sterling tells him, I did as you asked. So now I would like you to do as I ask. And will you please leave? And he's standing there. And he's clearly not going to go anywhere. So he grabs his phone. He's like, otherwise, I'm going to have to. And (laughs) Hayden just rips the phone cord out of the phone. So he goes, he continues with his sentence. He goes, call out the window as loud as I can.
3: There's some good gags in here. Uh, he looks yeah. fucking scary when he pulls yes, the phone. How is
4: like... that caught out of that phone? Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's like a oh no moment.
1: Right as this is happening, Kelly runs into the office because she followed him. But again, it's like it's weird because we can't track the actual distance of of where this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's her running through the woods too now. Because <laughs> I don't know is if is it an on foot thing or is in the car thing? Like you know, he lives like basically near campus, but. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he must live very close, right? Because he thought he could pull off leaving and coming back.
1: Yeah, well, just that I have to tie my boat thing. When she runs in, he's like, this is your daughter? Like, I've, been, I've never been out with you, have I? It's so, like, no. Like, See? Like, then why did you tell me that you went out with him? I never said I went out with Professor Sterling. And then he's like, but all your other professors are women.
4: That says boom, lesbian. So
1: right here, it's very easy to detect that maybe that's where that was going to go. But instead she goes, well, I never said I went out with one of my professors. I just went out with a professor.
3: I'm glad they didn't go that route, though, because I know they would have just made it like shitty jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that would have been just like shitty. Yeah. Right. Texas jokes for five minutes straight. So I'm glad that's not where it happened. But I definitely had a moment where I was like, for, where I was like, is this where this is going? Interesting. I'd also
4: I'd like to point out that this was all a big misunderstanding. And it's like, oh, this poor professor. But in reality, he did have a date with one of his
2: actual he did, yes. students. So he's a <laughs> yes. scumbag.
3: Sure, yeah. That means that that's rampant in this school. Like multiple professors are dating children. But he has one with one of his actual students
4: that's in his class. So it's worse.
1: It's like a weird like Thursday night thing apparently. There's probably like some weird campus bar that just all teachers on dates with students. <laughs> you think he'd be
3: going for older ladies too because he wrote a book about romance novels where I feel like if you try to read a romance novel to like an 18 year old they're going to be like what? <laughs> it's not going to like track you know what I mean?
1: Well maybe to an 18 year old who's like a literature major or something like that.
3: Yeah maybe it is Twilight or maybe he wrote an early version of Fifty Shades of Grey. People seem to love that one
1: So now when Hayden finds out that Sterling isn't the professor that she actually was supposed to go on a date with he gets very embarrassed and he's sitting at the desk and he's trying to like repair the phone that he ripped the cord out of. He's like, I'm I'm pretty good with these actually. Hold on. (laughs) And Kelly's apologizing to the professor. And, you know, Hayden tells his daughter, you know, I was just trying to be a father. And when I looked up who your professors were naturally, I thought it was him. So I tracked him down like an animal and threatened him. So he admits that he's not great at this. And he hasn't really been a full-time father in 16 years. And he's been thinking about how her mother is probably worried knowing that she's there with him now. And they get to talking about how the two really don't trust each other that much. And a lot of that is because they don't really know each other that well. And Kelly tells her dad, you still look at me like I'm this little girl, but I'm 18 years old now. And he's like, yeah, you know, I know, but you think that's grown up, but I was 18 once too. And there's a lot of things that I learned since then. And eventually you come to realize that you don't know as much as you think you do when you're at that age, which is like very true, which
2: yeah, that's nail on the head.
1: You're like, we're not even as old as him, but... I mean, you remember the dumb
2: shit we did when we were
1: 18. like, Oh, yeah, and you just think you're an adult the second you turn 18. Like, you wake up right. that morning and suddenly you're a grown-up, and you're just, you're not.
3: Yeah. It's not a magic switch, but you, you feel like it is when you're that age.
1: And, and it's funny now because I'm like, I'm staring down the barrel of 37, and now I don't think I'm a grown-up. <laughs> but when I was 18, I did. So It's, it's so funny how that works.
2: What I like about the whole is he does everything wrong, but you can't help but feel for him anyways. You know I mean, I feel like if this was any other sitcom or sitcom dad, rather just running around causing problems, like you would be agitated by them, but for some reason he's endearing and I don't, I can't really figure out why. Like, I think it's just the fact that he's trying so hard and he's just doing it wrong. It's a couple
1: things. I think first off, it's with good intention. He's not doing anything with bad intentions because he's trying to protect his daughter. Right. Second, I think the underlying thing for us is, regardless of the TV show and the fact that she's supposed to be right and he's supposed to be wrong, we all on a personal level think it's weird that she's dating some, someone who's that much older.
4: <laughs> that's probably more it. That's their mistake. It should have been a slightly older student. And he's like, oh, wait, four years? That's too old for you. Like, and then like bully a kid. like.
1: Yeah, because when we hear it, we think of this as like, no, that's not right. So when he does all these things, it's like defending her in a way that we think is justified.
3: The other thing that makes it work, and again, not to talk about the pilot episode here, but we don't know the history between Hayden and his daughter at this point. We just know that they haven't been in touch a bunch, right? So we don't know if that's been bad, if he's been absent, if he's been protective, right? I feel like if you had more information, whether one way or the other, you'd have a different opinion of it. But you don't really know in this episode. You just know they haven't seen each other much in the past X amount of years. So you sort of go with him on the, the ride for it. But if you knew more and it was worse, you'd be like, well, fuck this guy.
1: Yeah. He tells her that he has a lot more to offer being her father than she might realize. And they realize they need to both start working on trusting one another. And she says, how about I tell you the name of the professor? He's like, uh, sure. Yeah. And she's like, okay, his name's Professor Cameron. And he goes, okay, well, uh, why don't you head back to the house and I'll be there in a few. And he's like, hey, no, it was just a joke because she's obviously like, see, as soon as I told you, you're going to go do something. And she was like, you know, I'm joking too, because his name's not Professor Cameron. And they realize they both have like a long way to go as far as the trust thing goes. And now he ask her if she likes cold turkey. And when she says yes, he's like, well, let's go have some then. And I... Actually I thought that was delivered like very sweetly. That that little last interaction between I the thought two. it was corny,
3: I'm sorry. I think it was sweet except for the music swell. The music swell is what made it corny. It was a real bad
2: product of the times. All those yeah sitcoms did it for some reason. I don't know why.
1: At least the music isn't like the sad version of the marching band theme. <laughs>
2: That would have I would have liked better. that way more. If they're
1: having that conversation. You just hear in the background, like. Bur, 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 bur,
2: bur. <laughs> bum, 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 I prefer that. Bum, ba, da,
1: bum, ba, <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
3: okay, now can we commission a marching band to just Did do a just sad, music? down-tempo version of the Cheers fight song? A uh, coach, Jesus, coach fight song.
1: Well, I'll I'll say this. Like, you know what that flags when I think about it is. How like the Rocky theme, like they just like somehow just playing it at different tempos with different instruments gives it such a different vibe throughout the movie.
3: Yeah, when he's like down on his luck and the end of the movie he's just walking around bouncing the ball It's just like
1: Yeah. It's a sad piano (laughs) style. It's
3: like why is that sad all of a sudden? (laughs) Take it to the zoo.
1: (laughs) That's the conclusion of the episode. And like I said, usually it's just kind of like a th- additional thoughts and opinions. But what, I w- what I'd like to do here is where three of us watched pilot, which is episode two. Not get into it too deep, but I think it's really, it's a unique situation where we kind of watched it by accident anyways. And, and the, for, the, for the fact that it's called pilot in episode two is very, is very strange to see. But I think comparing these two episodes, you guys watched the two and, and we talked about it a little bit off air before we started. Episode two, which is, you know, what was supposed to be the actual first episode, very, very different tone and virtually no comedy throughout that whole episode. And the, the episode, the premise of it is just Kelly, who's been with her mom for the majority of her life, decides that she wants to go to Minnesota State, and, which is the school that her father works at. And they have not had much of a relationship for most of her life. And for the majority of this, He kind of doesn't want her anywhere near him. And like the vibe of that whole episode is kind of like portraying him as a pretty shitty dad. He's
3: the whole episode is just, I am the worst fucking dad. I'm blowing you off for my girlfriend. I don't want you here. I don't care. I haven't seen you in fucking over 10 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't feel on Hayden's side at all, which is why I think they should have canned this episode and just written a new one
1: yeah because he just kind of yeah. comes off like a jerk the whole time
3: but it does a much better i a much better job of introducing you to the world it introduces you to the dauber i'm just gonna keep saying the for nick yeah it introduces you to uh jerry it introduces you to coach's girlfriend who's credited in this episode but not in it the one we watched. yeah i noticed that too i thought it was yeah. weird you get like this whole world that they're in you see the whole football team also too and you see him interact with the football team you get that he's a coach who's actually coaching the whole team like you get it with the one kid in this one but they did everything right in that initial episode to make it a pilot except they made Craig T. Nelson's character a fucking psycho that nobody would root for
1: he's basically all but telling her like I don't want you here
2: (laughs) yeah pretty
0: much
1: does it get more of a pass
2: as the second episode, or is no, it just no, suck no. either way?
3: It makes no sense because the episode we watched today, right, that we're talking about, it's full-fledged coach's daughter lives here. So then you're watching episode two and all of a sudden Which airs the next day. The next day, you're seeing an origin story of how that happens.
0: Yeah. And it's not like there's like a a dream it's not like there's a transition in the beginning of that episode either that would make you look at it like a flashback or anything like that. Which I could see them adding in post or doing something that would make the second episode work, but it doesn't work as S1E2.
3: I would have done it as a special one hour episode. I would have cut out all the parts that didn't work that made Coach a dick in the first episode and put them in because you can make this and that probably a good 40 minute episode than have her going on the date, like day two of her being there and them getting along, and her being like, whoa, you're going on a date now? I thought we were going to have dinner. We're trying to get along. Like, it would work. Yeah. And the, the
4: date could be what makes him realize is he cares about her and yeah. turn
1: it around. Yeah, They could have done, I mean, honestly, I would have just scrapped it all together and just said, fuck it, you know, we're, we, This doesn't it doesn't work that well. Let's just drop people right into the world. Because there's a lot of shows that do that, and that's fine. You don't always need origin story. No, but what, but,
0: but the whole show is based around Coach Hayden, and he's like a massive dick. Well, yeah, in the pilot, in like, the pilot, why the yeah. hell would you? Like, I understand why they scrapped it, but why didn't they just like completely?
1: That's what I would have did. I would have just completely scrapped it and not aired it at all. Why air it? Yeah,
0: yeah, because episode two, literally the next day, you see this guy being such a dick that you're like, cool. Well, that awesome episode i watched yesterday i don't want to root for him anymore
1: i just thought like not just that but the overall tone of the show the the comedic elements there's not a lot of joking around in that other episode it sucked he's screaming at the team like it's just it's not
3: fun He screams at the team twice but you meet coach's girlfriend in the first episode and then you meet his daughter he hasn't seen in a long time and his daughter and his girlfriend look way too similar at first glance that you're like, oh, well now this is weird and I don't like it at all. Well, I guess you could argue that maybe his daughter just looks a lot like her mom and that's his type. Okay. I feel better about that now. Thank you. You worked me through that one,
1: but yeah, so I, I I mean, I, I wanted to touch on it a little bit because it was weird that they just swapped it like that. And because we watched it, it made so much sense to me because watching episode two as episode one, the first televised one, I can see how this is a a much easier thing for people to fall into this world and come to like the characters.
4: I would like when we actually go into the green light and cancel for you three to uh, green light and cancel both. I want to see if your opinions would have changed. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll have my official. I'll tell you how I how we're gonna rate the episode we did, and then I will tell you how I would have rated it had I watched just the other episode.
3: I'll do the same. Yeah, I'll do the same,
1: and I guess. That being said, we might as well get into the greenlighter cancel. So, um, you know what? I'll start with the two guys who didn't watch both episodes. Then, so uh, Nick, I'll start with you. I thought, um, so this show
2: isn't really breaking any molds as far as writing goes. It was a little generic for a pilot, anyways. I can't really remember the rest of the show. Like I said, I watched a lot of it, but I was like, I don't fucking ten, so I don't really remember much of it. Aside from the cast helped the writing enough that i'm gonna green light it i love jerry van dyke craig t nelson kills it the you don't see the rest of the cast very often with exception to him and his daughter but like i said it's really endearing and it's it was funny enough like i i wanted to see more of it having heard what the second episode brings i'm not sure how i feel about that i i don't know i just really enjoyed the direction it seemed to go i wanted to be part of that environment again and see what else happens. So it's a green light for me.
1: Berg.
4: All right, I said at the beginning of our episode that I didn't like Coach as a kid. I I don't like Coach as an adult either. The fact that, like, they were trying to make him out to be the bad guy and I 100% think he was right the entire time, that's hard for me to get past. Other than that, I mean, it's the show's well done and stuff. I just didn't enjoy it. I was bored and I'm... Basically, just canceling it because I didn't like the show, but I don't have that much critique for it. Gordo. Okay, so I'm doing Kelly and the Professor, correct? Yeah,
1: yeah. Start with the the one we're actually grading.
0: I I didn't like it, I, just like Ferg. I didn't like it as a kid. I thought maybe it would be like a Cheers Cheers situation where maybe I would come around to it as an adult. I just didn't like it. It's just not my I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I just don't. I will give it props that it felt short. Like, this was like a boom, 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 done. But maybe that's why. Maybe it was just a little too generic. Not a lot of substance for me. Not a lot of jokes. Not a lot of substance. So, cancel for me. Now, do you want me to go into the pilot?
1: Yeah, you don't have to give a lot of detail, but if you, oh, if you were to have done that you would have canceled that as well
0: oh i would have canceled that that would have been i think if we had done pilot i really think we would have it would have been an O for five club i actually think it would have been O for five i can't picture any of us green lighting that if episode two was was if pilot was the actual pilot
3: fair joe yeah so i feel like i agree a little bit with everybody here I think it was well done. I think it was really well paced, right? Like this felt like a quick, easy watch. And it's the kind of thing where like you go to reach for maybe the remote when it's like next episode playing in whatever seconds and you miss it and you just kind of go like, "No, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll just watch another one, right? So like it's a non-offensive episode of a, it's a non-offensive sitcom, right? I, I like all the side characters. I didn't love this as a kid. I don't absolutely love it as an adult, but I think it's a good pilot as a pilot. And it makes you, you know, not hate it. You'd watch another episode of it. Right. So on that, I would say I'll green light it. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. It's probably not for me, but it's objectively a good sitcom pilot. Right now, the actual pilot is one of the worst pilots I've ever seen. And my notes for I just kept writing like, why are they making him such a bad dad? Like, I didn't know who this was written for. It's almost like the, subst- uh, the substitute, the stepfather or something, right? It was like the plot of a horror movie. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, so that's a huge cancel. Uh, but I'll, I'll give the red light or the green light rather to, uh, to Coach.
1: All right. So um, I find myself in a tiebreaker situation. So, yeah, um, honestly, this wasn't a show I watched a ton as a kid, but, you know, from time to time. And I think the one thing that we didn't really mention that I think works in favor of the show And like, Joe, you said, like, you're not a big football guy. This is a show about football, but it's not about football. You know what I mean? So you can, you can follow the storylines and it's not all sports based the whole time. So it's what he does for a living and it's in the plot lines, obviously, but it's not so much that it would isolate other people from watching. You don't have to be a huge fan to be able to enjoy a show like this. So that being said, I'm also giving it the green light because, um, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was an easy watch. It was fun. It was a. Very classic sitcom. It paced really well. I thought all the characters were inter- introduced well. And everyone was funny. There was a, a couple of legit laughs out of me. I think Craig T. Nelson like really is the perfect guy to play the character, which really helped. I, I think maybe the same show with a different guy in that role wouldn't work as well. But he seemed like, the, like really the guy to, for the job. And as far as the pilot episode, episode two, like you too, I would have canceled it too, and it was a it was an easy cancel watching it.
3: I gotta go watch this episode. <laughs> it's honestly worth a watch because it's so it's awful. different. It's, it's yeah.
1: interesting how different it is. So, yeah, watching that one, and I had watched it a couple days prior to watching the one we just did, and like it was like on my brain. I was like, I just don't. The show had such a career, and it, it, it lasted a while. It was you know revered. I was like, this is such a. Somber, like, I don't, I, there's no comedy anywhere in it. Like, it just, I, I, it just left me with a weird taste in my mouth. Um, so that would have easily been a cancel for me. And I think Gordo's right. I think it would have been an 0 for 5. But yeah, no, as far as this episode goes, <laughs> the one that they swapped to instead, turns out that's a good decision because, uh, we're giving it the green light with, um, three out of five. So congratulations to Coach. You live on to see episode two, but. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who watch the show, don't
3: watch episode two. (laughs) Just skip right over.
1: Episode two is not that good, but uh, yeah, guys, congratulations for all of you guys. listening. thank you so much. Go to S one E one pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where to listen to us. Everywhere. You can follow us on social media. S one E one pod, Twitter, Instagram, we're everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, give us some follows, rate, reviews, subscribe, all those things. It means a lot. Uh, Reviews are really cool. When you guys leave us reviews, that's awesome. But we're seeing like a big uptick in people sending us messages and talking to us and telling us how you feel about the show. And we love it.
2: We converse with every single person who reaches out to us. Yeah,
1: and, and, yeah. and we can't say it enough. I mean, it really does mean a lot. It's something that we talk about privately. It's just the you know the work that goes into this show. And when we started it, there you know not a lot of downloads every week and seeing such a great spike in these last few months, especially in this big uptick in uh, interaction from you guys and knowing that you guys are really enjoying the show really means a lot. You you know, we can't thank you enough for that. So thank you again. So guys tune in again next week. There'll be another new episode for you then until then we'll see you uh, around the way. Thank you guys. Goodbye. I
3: think we got the best ugly dauber date.